the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Nah, man, you see how good I look? Nothing signifies that more than a pinch hitter winning the game. They shouldn't have played the old Golden Blue. Not this night. Yes, sir. Not this night. I feel cold. I feel wet. But I feel like a winner. What is Tingus Pingus? That's the problem. All right, right back. Let's go. Welcome to Panhandle Sports Live, the premier home for all things sport in the Eastern Panhandle. He's across midfield. He's into the open field. Touchdown, Martinsburg. On the first play from scrimmage for Washington, has put six points on the board from 88 yards out. Hear from the coaches and players that make the Eastern Panhandle the place for sports in the state of West Virginia. This kid, he's got silver bullets. And it's a two-possession lead for the Appleman. Gets a high snap. Robinson trying to get to the outside. Makes a trick move. Gets to the inside. Keyshawn Robinson. Touchdown, Cougars. Be a part of the conversation on today's show by texting at 304-263-4321. The throw not in time. Hedgesville scoring to Charleston. He's down the sideline. Touchdown, Aiden Cade. Touchdown, Drive. Oh, my goodness. Three to shoot. Runner in the lane. It's in. Shepard wins. Shepard wins at the buzzer. The Spring Mills Cardinals, 18-0 to finish the regular season. Now, live from the Hoppy Kerchival building in historic Martinsburg. Get your popcorn ready. Panhandle Sports Live is on the air. Well, boys, they let us get to Friday again. It is Panhandle Sports Live this 23rd day of February 2024. Broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival building here in Martinsburg. I'm Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone, Daniel Woods alongside with a ton of basketball to talk about from last night. We'll check some national headlines as well, get Parker's picks, all that good stuff. But before we do that, we want to make sure that our listeners are aware of everything that's going on in the greater eastern Panhandle area. And from what I understand, we have a pretty significant traffic incident in Morgan County. So with that, let's bring Marsha Gavalik into the conversation from the Panhandle News Network newsroom. Marsha, what's happening in Morgan County? Good morning, fellas. Uh, so Morgan County Sheriff Casey Bohr around 530 let us know that there had been a semi-crash on Pawpaw Road two miles east of Pawpaw. The road is closed, will be for some time, he says. Um, it, he told me that the uh, driver lost control and went over the bank into a small stream. Uh, Pawpaw VFD, the deputy reserves, DOH responded. No injuries, he said, no injuries, but the driver has been cited for failure to maintain control. And because uh, there is no alternative route to bypass that area, it has impacted traffic and will for some time. He has let us know that he will let us, um, be, he'll let us know whenever it uh, does get cleared. But right now, we haven't gotten that notification. So avoid that area if at all possible. All right. Thank you very much. That is Marcia Kavalik from the Panhandle News Network newsroom. Uh, and we'll continue to update you on that story. Just be aware of that greater pawpaw area uh, on your morning commutes this morning. Uh, from what I understand, Parker Stone had a heck of a commute, right? Daniels, like you said, he Tokyo drifted his way into the parking lot this morning. <laughs> I was surprised this man was able to keep it on four wheels, pulling into his parking spot. The, I'm not gonna the lie. old pulling it in on two wheels. Learned <laughs> learned it from the uh, the old man. Uh, and by the way, a texter says, "Hand that driver the bill for fixing the road." 
So there you go. Ooh. So, so some harsh penalties handed down by our judge in the text line there. Uh, gentlemen, uh, without further ado, though, we've got a lot of basketball that we need to talk about from last night. Uh, girls sectional championships. We'll start by saying congratulations to the Martinsburg Bulldogs and the Washington Lady Patriots as well. Uh, they were able to win sectional championships, which means that they're going to be hosting regional finals next Thursday. We're going to be carrying one of those games here on WBPM and WCST. For the losers of those championship uh, sectional games, don't fret. You still have one more game, at least in the regular season, but you have to go on the road to accomplish it. So it'll be Martinsburg against Musselman and Washington against Spring Mills. We were broadcasting that Washington Spring Mills game last night uh, where Washington was able to pick up a 10-point victory, and we were able to catch up with Lady Patriot head coach Rashad Lewis after the game. So before we get Daniel Woods' thoughts, uh, let's get the post-game thoughts, um, if I'm able to switch the source here of uh, Washington head coach Rashawn Edwards of that victory last night uh, against Boston. I'm sure you're probably sick and tired of hearing it's tough to beat the same team three times in a season. You guys were able to accomplish that against a very good Musselman team, and I think, you know, the fourth quarter, all three games has been the difference maker at their place to finish the regular season, and tonight you guys have been able to close out these games. Uh, Extremely important for us to close out. You know, we've had some games this season where, you know, we've kind of had letdowns in the second half and just kind of not being able to finish. We missed free throws late and just, you know, uh, shot selection was a little tough, but I thought we did a good job tonight, made free throws down the stretch, and, you know, we were able to steal it. Uh, With the guards that you have, you guys have the ability to speed up the game, Mm -hmm. force the other team into mistakes. Uh, Musselman tries to play a little bit slower than you guys normally do. How important was it to knock them off of their game, make them play faster than they wanted to? We had to play to our strengths. We couldn't allow them to dictate the outcome of the game. Uh, You know, I I know with, you know, when Ari, you know, Ari is just as good as anyone. When she's really focused, she's really good. Um, You know, we know what Lexi and Mary can do. So with that three, I feel like we can, you know, kind of dictate the outcome. And they did a good job of that tonight. Coach, you had really prioritized playing your depth earlier in the season, get some foul trouble tonight. Uh, you go, you know, eight, nine deep into your rotation. have to be pleased with the performances you got off your bench. We do, and, you know, I kind of learned this a while ago. Um, you know, you have, to use, you have to utilize your bench. You never know what's going to happen from illness to injuries or whatever it is. So, you know, the last thing we want to do is throw someone in the game who hasn't played all year in a sectional championship game, you know. So we want some familiarity, and, you know, we're going to continue to, you know, continue in our – continue just to develop and you know that's our biggest thing is you know especially with our youth coming in develop and you know throw them in throw them in the fire so in a sense and you know we can uh you know they'll figure it out as we go as we able to get them you know some competition early and you know, allow them to kind of see different things, and then, you know, they're not shell-shocked when they come out here in this environment. And lastly, Coach, um, obviously the celebration tonight, but a look ahead to la- next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martinsburg beat Spring Mills by 15 tonight, so mm-hmm. it's Spring Mills that's going to come here. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts about next week's region? There, you know, I know Coach, Coach Hesnes, again, she's going to be, she's going to have those girls ready to go, and, um, you know, we have to be ready. We have to be mentally ready. You know, we're one-and-done territory now, so uh, we have to be ready to play, and, you know, so... Uh, we're going to take our time and, and try to fix and, you know, make sure we review some film and make sure we clean up some things that we need to do on our end and go from there. Very good. Well, congratulations on the sectional championship, Coach. Appreciate you giving us the time. All right. Thank you all. So that was Rashawn Edwards, the head coach of the Washington Lady Patriots, able to pick up that victory last night, 51-41 to 41 against Musselman. Mary Rivera in double figures along with Lexi Adams uh, and Tamia Perry able to accomplish that feat as well. Eight points for Ariana Harrison. Heck of an effort in the loss for Sarah Price. Uh, going in double digits for Musselman, I think, was their biggest offensive piece and the reason why they were as competitive as they were throughout the game. Daniel Woods, some of your general thoughts. I mean, you know, this was a game that was Musselman leading after one, 
It was a one-point Washington lead at the half, a four-point Washington lead at the end of the third quarter. So not much separated these teams. But, you know, Washington kind of tried to slow up the tempo in the fourth quarter like they did the first time these two teams played. The difference was they were able to get around some Musselman pressure and get some looks. I mean, there were a couple of takes by Hairston there, you know, where Musselman, or rather Washington, killed about 45 seconds and finished the possession with a wide-open layup. And I think that was the difference in the victory. It was. And the pace that that... Washington team was able to play particularly down the stretch was a problem for Musselman because they were able to get the game sped up they were able to get Musselman moving side to side even in the half court and then find some lanes to the basket so I think that's really where you saw this Washington team have success they were able to spread the floor take that clock down but you still had Harrison and Rivera and Adams that are really quick off their first step, able to get into the lane, speed the game up, and then either kick it out to somebody and keep that clock rolling or take it to the basket themselves and score. Uh, so it was a little bit of a delay, slower play from Rashawn Edwards there. But at the same time, with those players' ability to break their defenders down one-on-one, it sped Musselman up and made them scramble. So even though you were moving the ball in the half court, you were not necessarily looking to score right away. It made Musselman have to play faster defensively than they were probably used to, and I think that was the big key down the stretch. And I think something else that really stood out for me, Daniel, in the game for Washington was how they were able to utilize their depth. Foul trouble was a significant issue, but Janae Bradley really impressed me off the bench. Michaela Michaels came in and didn't make mistakes. You know, she didn't do anything incredibly crazy, but she didn't make mistakes. Um, You know, this team also went to and stretches Madison Hardy, Uh, And and we had talked about it, you know, Washington really utilized their depth earlier in the season and it pays off in a moment like this. Uh, You had Addison Skinner in foul trouble, Lexi Adams with three fouls, Ariana Harrison finished the game with four fouls. And a lot of that was because Coach Edwards was able to trust some players to come in, not make mistakes, keep the ball moving, and at times hit a couple of big shots uh, to also keep Musselman at arm's length. That's the thing with this Washington team is – the depth they have in the front court allows them to really match up with almost anybody because, uh, you know, Perry is their their starter in the middle and really their only true post player, at least in the starting lineup. And she's five foot nine, but she is the most physical player, I think, in the EPAC in girls basketball that I've seen this season. So she makes up for a little bit of a height disadvantage in some cases at five nine, uh, just by being so physical. Uh, but then, like I said, they start small. Uh, with her but then you have the ability to go to Bradley who can really be a true four out there that's almost a Dennis Rodman type player that's just going to go rebound and keep plays alive uh, and make the hustle plays for you and defend Uh, Michaela Michaels and Madison Hardy give you some longer options at your forward positions and you can even size down a little bit uh, with Michaels in particular playing the five for you so uh, they have uh, the ability to mix and match in terms of what they want to do uh, based on that depth, particularly in the front court. And it makes it really hard for teams to know what to expect from this Washington team because Rashawn Edwards isn't afraid to ride the hot hand. That's the thing that I think is the most important. He's not afraid to just put the best five five players that are playing the best game in that game on the floor for extended periods. He doesn't care if it's not his starting five. He doesn't care if there's not a starter on the floor. If – These players are giving you the five best efforts in that game. That's who he's going to leave on the floor for extended periods of time. So you never know what you're going to get consistently from this Washington team. And I mean that in the best possible way. 
and they're going to take on Spring Mills in a regional championship game next Thursday. And I ask you this question then, Parker Stone, you know, strictly because uh, it's going to be a tough game. You knew the loser of this game was going to have to go on the road to Bulldog Country to take on Martinsburg, and that is a tough draw. But, you know, removed from being a fan of these teams in EPAC girls basketball and just being a fan overall of EPAC girls basketball, does this give us a really interesting matchup now between Musselman and Martinsburg because, you know, Washington had lost twice to Martinsburg, but Musselman and Martinsburg had split in the regular season. I mean, that's going to be a fun matchup because, need I remind you, they finished the regular season, did Musselman, with that win against Martinsburg at Martinsburg. That's going to add an interesting wrinkle, I think, to regional play is going to be can Musselman do it again? And it's been such a really great story for the Lady Appleman, a team that has tripled their wins from last year to this year. Can they get another chapter in this story they're trying to write and go get to the state tournament by beating the best overall EPAC record team in the girls' side of things in the Martinsburg Lady Bulldogs? That's going to be a test. They've proven they can do it on their home floor. Can they do it again, though? And that's going to be just such an interesting wrinkle to all this, to have Musselman go back where just not even 10 days ago they beat Martinsburg on their home turf. And for the Lady Patriots, I think it's, once again, you're leaning on, I think, three of your best players, that being Adams, Rivera, and Perry, to really get you a really good chance to go back-to-back trips to the state tournament. I know Spring Mills is going to give them a really good punch, but on paper it favors the Lady Patriots from what they have been able to do recently. So the wrinkle in the Musselman-Martinsburg matchup that's about as coin flip as you can make it, I think, right now. And I think that's going to be really exciting between these two just to see how these different coaches are going to match up between Ronnie Fitzpatrick and as well as Tim Potter, what they're going to do, how deep into their bag of tricks they're willing to get to try and get their team to a state tournament berth. That one's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited to see. And plus, it's a matchup we've seen not even 10 days ago. So now it's going to be how do you game plan for someone you recently just saw and change things to at least a little bit for Martinsburg to try and pull out a win for Musselman to try and do it once again. And by the way, you can text us 304-263-4321. Texter says in reference to that uh, Washington Musselman game, Way too many turnovers. And I think both coaches would agree that the ball was turned over a lot. Both (laughs) sides. There was not a lot of valuing of the basketball, particularly in the first half of that game. Uh, And Parker Stone, I wanted to direct you to some of the comments made by Addison Strovel. Interesting article you can read in the Martinsburg Journal. As Rick Kozlowski recapped their victory last night uh, against Spring Mills. And by the way, Martinsburg was paced by Cadence Bradley. Goes for 17 points. That's a good sign for Martinsburg. Uh, She went on a couple of solo runs that really helped put uh, Martinsburg out of reach of Spring Mills being able to come back. But... You know, I'm not going to read the whole article again. I encourage you to pick up a copy of the journal and read it yourself. Right at the end, you know, uh, Rick Kozlowski asks Addison Strovel about last year's regional final. Martinsburg goes on the road to Washington, has a lead, loses it late in one of the best games I think we've ever broadcast here on the Panhandle News Network. Uh, the last three lines of this article I'll read. There was no reminding Strovel, quote, I remember it vividly. I have the pictures. We're not going to lose again and go to states and show them we should not be overlooked. Your thoughts on that? I mean, that's a that's a player that knows how much this means, and this is a player and a team with a lot of a determination to get down to Charleston. That's a powerful quote. Yeah. That is a very powerful quote. And that shows you how much the Lady Bulldogs want this. And from honestly, that's the best way to describe it. And we're culprits of it. I, I won't say we were calling Martinsburg to be a team that could be a real player and get to Charleston. They were on our radar, but we really didn't pick up and say, hey, 
this Lady Bulldogs team is looking really good till probably sometime in January. So for them to get to where they are right now, only one loss in conference play, a fantastic regular season record, the job's not finished. And th- someone's season is going to have to end, and it's going to be a really good team. It's not going to be able to go to Charleston, whether it's Musselman or Martinsburg. But someone's season is going to have to end next next week coming up on on Thursday. And, oh, man, I, I just hate to see one of these teams' season end because it, it's just been remarkable for both of them. You see the determination out of that quote from Skinner and the Lady Bulldogs, and you know what? the Lady Appleman have been through to try and get what was almost a ground-up project to a team that's a game out of the state tournament. It's two fantastic stories. One of them gets another chapter. One of them has to sadly end. So it, it writes itself for a really fun matchup next week. Certainly. Well, we're going to get to our first break. When we return, we've got more high school sports to talk about. A big bounce-back victory for Spring Mills on the road at the Palace. And by the way, something pretty extraordinary happened in Morgan County last night. We'll talk about that. And... The high school football state championships are going to have a new home. We're going to uh, get our reactions, and we'd love to elicit yours as well on our text line, 304-263-4321. More to come. Stay tuned. It's Panhandle Sports Live. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Want to join the conversation? Text in at 304-263-4321. Of course, as always, great work done by the folks at WVMetroNews.com calling our covering statewide area high school basketball. Uh, you can find video recaps from two games involving EPAC teams. Musselman losing on the road 66-56 to against the University. Uh, and then the game that we want to talk about here, uh, Spring Mills beating Wheeling Park, picking up win number 21 and rebounding after that loss against Frederick um, a couple of days ago, 63-51, to the final score of that game. Daniel Woods, this was a game that was broadcasted on Wheeling Park's huddle. We were able to watch a portion of that before the game started. Um, a couple of big things. You know, you talked about having to be 10 or 15 points better to have win on uh, on the road at Wheeling Park. It's a really good venue. Uh, they were able to do that and win by 12. And number two, you know, cause for concern, Spring Mills' biggest catalyst in some of their big wins this year had been Lakayu Smith. Last couple of games leading up to this contest, he was struggling to get on the floor, changed to the starting lineup, um, but he responds in a big way and goes for 21 points in this game. And that's the kind of performance that you want to see from him going into the postseason. He was the leading scorer for them against Morgantown, had some huge shots in that game, played really well early in the season against Parkersburg South. Caleb Thomas, you know what you're going to get. Ecclesia Pokwa Champong is steady. He's There are going to be nights where he scores a bunch for you. There are going to be nights where he doesn't, but he's still going to have a high floor for you with his ability to run the show. Xavier Anderson has, no pun intended, become your X factor with what he's capable of doing on the inside and running the floor. Max Anderson doesn't have to score for you to impact the game. Tyler Jones has stepped up in a big way, spacing the floor for you. Lokayu Smith was the guy you were looking at at the beginning of the year saying, you know, we know what Caleb Thomas is, but if we've got two first-team All-State guys on this team, Lokayu Smith might just be the other one. And he had not had a real impact the last couple of weeks. They've moved things around. Tyler Jones has started the last handful of games in his place. Uh, but he comes out against what is probably a state tournament team. You never know what's going to come out of Region 1. You think Morgantown's probably one of those teams. University, Bridgeport, Wheeling Park are probably the other three in that mix, uh, with Park being in a really good position to be that second team. So you're playing against more than likely a state tournament caliber team, and he comes out and has his best game in quite a while. It, it was something that you really needed to see. And 
We talk about Tyler Jones pacing the floor. Lokayu Smith is a guy that can hit the three off the catch, can space things out for you, but also has the ability to knock down shots off the dribble, to attack closeouts, and doesn't have to get all the way to the rim to score, uh, which is uh, something that's really valuable when you're playing in the Charleston Civic Center, when it's not an easy place to shoot. He can get all the way to the rim. He can make things happen there, but he can also get better looks off one or two dribbles than you would normally get from beyond the three-point line. At Parker Stone, there's some similarities between how Spring Mills plays and a team that we've also been covering this year in Shepard. If you're only going six or seven deep, you can't have two guys have an off night, you know, especially if you're trying to go to the state tournament and win a state championship game. You see what this Cardinal team looks like when all the pieces are together and they're clicking. Uh, and then you see a version of this Cardinal team where everybody is at their absolute best. I think that was the the, the, the sense right last night against Wheeling Park. The best thing you can do after losing to an out-of-state team is come back and win a top-10 matchup by double digits. And it was because Lokayo Smith was at its best. Aquazi and Tyler Jones have, are coming off of probably their best stretch of four or five games. Because, you know, one thing we didn't talk about as much as we probably should have is in the Frederick loss, Apoku Champong may have played his best game as a Cardinal. He was the reason why that game was as close as it was, in my opinion. So, you know, you got to look again last night at a Cardinal team that we were a little bit concerned about firing on all cylinders and beating the number seven team in the state. And for Spring Mills' sake, that's a good win for you to get to reaffirm yourself and tell the rest of the state, hey, we might not have a fully undefeated season and potential state championship run, but we are still firmly the odds-on favorite to win a state championship right now. That that win kind of calms the mindset of saying, okay, it's panic mode for Spring Mills. This is still the best team in the state, in my opinion. And when you have guys that have their best nights like, you know what you're going to get from Caleb Thomas. He, I don't know if you guys saw the stat line. He came dangerously close to a quadruple double yeah. against Wheeling Park last night. But he uh, he's a special player. You know what you're going to get with Caleb Thomas. It, it's just what who's going to be that player around him that is going to have that night. Is it Equazia Poku, a champon? Is it Lakayu Smith, who it was last night? Is it a Tyler Jones? Is it an Xavier or a Max Anderson? There's there's pieces, and it just figures out who's going to be the hot hand that night. Is it going to be Caleb? Is it going to be Lakai? Is it going to be a Quasi? Who's going to be that hot hand for the offense? And if you get two guys that are at that point, it, it's hard to stop Spring Mills when they have two guys that are clicking on that nature. These guys know their roles for this team. And, again, I, I feel really confident this team's going to go really deep in the state tournament and make a really solid run. And I think just that win over Wheeling Park last night reaffirmed that they are odds-on the best team in the state right now. Well, like we mentioned, great reporting by Metro News is Joe Bercato, who caught up with Luke Samples yesterday. There's a video recap of this game at WVMetroNews.com. Uh, but let's hear the post-game thoughts of Victoria Spring Mills head coach Luke Samples. Teams win uh, at this at this time, and uh, tonight we proved that uh, you know in, at Wheeling Park, the Palace on the Hill. I'm a Ohio Valley guy, man. It's, it means something to me. Uh, playing here. I know how hard it is. Coach Jebby is a mentor of mine. Um, I respect the crap out of him and his team. And personally for me, it means it means a whole lot. Coming back to the Valley, getting a win at the Palace on the Hill. And these guys know what they just did. One versus seven, it's a state tournament game. Um, in the state tournament, we're going to have to play a team like that. And, uh, you know, Aiden Davis is one of the best players in the state. He's really, really good. And Amari Johnson showed up tonight. Uh, he plays travel basketball with our guys. And uh, we were just waiting for him to explode. And, uh, Unfortunately, he did it tonight, but we, we found a way, man. That's what you got to do if you're a good team. you got to win in the fourth quarter. Well, what were the defensive keys against this team, and how well did you guys follow that game play? Well, we were fortunate. We said, we said uh, Davis can't, can't get more than 15, which is crazy, and he got 15. That's what you know, I called that last time out and showed him, like, 
you got 15 guys. You did your job. You got to stop Davis. You got to stop Michael. He's a, he's a heck of an athlete. And then you just got to, you know, make the other guys kind of beat you. Uh, Johnson tried to tonight. He did a really, really good job. Um, but yeah, man, just you got to stop Aiden Davis, and it's hard to do. Uh, we had a lot of practice. We've played great guards like Sharon Young, uh, Jamari Jenkins. So we've kind of been able to do that game plan more than once, and it really, really helped us tonight. Uh, not really. I mean, we, we preach March mindset. And we built our schedule. Um, that was a snow makeup game. But it actually kind of helped us. Last year, we had two weeks off. We had two weeks off before the sectional final, and it really hurt us. Uh, this time we played the number one team in 4A in the state of Maryland. Then we played number seven out there, and they're gonna they're gonna be some pro, they're gonna be a problem for uh, some teams. And we're battle tested, man. We've been all over the state, and that's what we wanted. We wanted to we wanted to prove uh, that we can beat anyone, anyone time, and anywhere. And uh, and playoff basketball is not always pretty. You got to gut it out and find a way to win. Lastly, you've got very good competition in your section, in your region. How difficult will it be to advance? Are the guys ready for this challenge? Well, that that's the next step. Um, we got to take the next step. I mean, 21 on one is really nice, um, but you know our section is unbelievable. Uh, you know, three top ten teams, us being number one, uh, Martinsburg being number three, and then our region with if Jefferson South, they're one of the best teams in the state. So that's what we have to do. We have to be willing to take the next step. Um, and get to the state tournament. I think that's the hardest part. The hardest part is getting there with the sectional regional stuff. Um, I wish it was one, one through 16 because you don't, you don't know each other that much. But I do want to give a shout out to Quasia Poku at Champaign, Lokayu Smith, Max and Zay Anderson for doing what they did out there. Caleb Thomas, I mean, he's Caleb Thomas, and uh, Tyler Jones, man. They, they really played well. And uh, what they do defensively and what they do every day, you know, I'm blessed to be their coach. The postgame thoughts of Spring Mills head coach Luke Samples. The Cardinals, as you heard, pick up their 21st win, just one loss in the season. Uh, as they go into sectional play as the top seed, they'll get that first round by. Another break to take when we return. Uh, the wait is over. We've got to talk about what happened in Morgan County last night. We're also going to talk about the new home of the high school football championships. We'd love your texts as well. 304-263-4321. More to come after this. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, part of the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back, Panhandle Sports Live. Good vibes on a Friday. Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone, Daniel Woods all hanging out with you here until the top of the hour. Then we give way to Panhandle Live. Parker Stone had a late night in Morgan County, which is never a bad thing, and it ended with a tribe victory. So talk about what this game meant for Berkeley Springs. They've got just one more game in the regular season before they go to sectional play. They beat a heck of a ball club, and they beat them in a heck of a way last night, didn't they? Yeah, they beat Petersburg last night. Final score was 66 to 49. Ooh. So, beating a team like Petersburg that's was 15 and 5 coming into this game is impressive from Berkeley Springs. And more importantly, this is a Petersburg team that swept their sexual opponent Kaiser during the season and they beat they beat Petersburg by 20. So, that gives a lot more confidence I think for our Morgan County and our Berkeley Springs fans that are listening to Look forward to the upcoming matchup with Kaiser, which is going to be this upcoming Tuesday. So yeah. it's it's really it's awesome. Not nine players scored for Berkeley Springs last night. Landon Seatrip had twenty four. You had uh, thirteen from Jake Oliva as well, a freshman putting up that amount of points for this team. And things really clicked. And I think it was the best offense performance since I would say probably 
I mean, I would have to think to last year's sectional against Kaiser potentially or the uh, away game against East Hardy last year is the last time I think this offense really got humming the way it did last night. That's a great win, and it, by far and away, I think it's the best win of the season for Berkeley Springs. You were able to catch up with Tribe Head basketball coach Chad Brenniger after the game, so let's listen to some of his comments about a really crucial victory late in the regular season. Well, Coach, that's a heck of a statement win, is it? You beat a team that swept your upcoming sectional opponent during this season. You beat them by almost 20 tonight and get nine guys scoring. Just the overall confidence, you feel like this team's rolling at the right time? I, I really do. You know, I've been saying all along we're getting better. It's just been small increments, but um, yesterday was one of the best practices we've had all year. And I was like, you know, during pregame, I was like, guys, just take that and put it on the floor. And, and they did tonight. I thought we had some really good – some good senior leadership. Uh, we did a good job protecting basketball, and that was our goal. Let's get better at that. And I think we only had 11 turnovers tonight. We've been averaging 19, so yeah, very happy with that. Landon scores 24 tonight for you. Tom, I want to talk a little bit about Jake Olibar really stepping up tonight. He scores 13. He's second on the team in scoring. Talk about his progression going as playing as a varsity freshman and really what he's developed into now. Well, he just – he had to catch up with the speed of the game. You know, we started out with a monster schedule at the start of the season with the Hedgevilles in Washington, and he just needed to slow down a little bit and let the game come to him. Um, he sees the floor extremely well, and then he's getting comfortable, and that's what we wanted for him. And, you know, get comfortable. We, we don't need you to be the hero. You know, be, be the player, distribute the ball, be the leader on the floor. And, uh, again, he's, he's one of those every game he's gotten better and better and better, and, and I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's only a freshman. So I'm excited to have him for the next three years. Well, you got Kaiser coming up on the road for the second straight season and your opening round of sectional. I'm sure a win of this nature against a team that swept the Golden Tornado earlier this season. It's got to give you all the confidence in the world going and trying to get the Golden Tornado this time around in sectional play. Well, they say it's hard to beat the team three times, so we hope it's that case. But, um, you know, I'm glad we're, we're going to Kaiser. I think we match up with them a lot better than we do Hampshire now. I think our kids are ready. You know, they're, they they want it. And, and uh, tonight was definitely a huge win for us, you know, moving forward to that game next Tuesday. So there's a lot of different ingredients in postseason play with a team that's uh, the underseed, the underdog, if you will, that can make them dangerous. Playing with little to lose, I think Berkeley Springs falls under that category. And also playing a team that is better than the last several times you played them. And I think that's also the case now for Berkeley Springs because some momentum against Brad Fording, Last night against Petersburg, Parkerstone, again, you know, don't want to put too much pressure on them because this is a team that should not play with any pressure on them going into the postseason. But this is a very, very different Berkeley Springs team than what we saw in early January. Oh, absolutely. And I talked a little bit with the coaching staff before the game last night. And one of the things they told me, and it really stuck out, they've had some people tell them that, hey, your record now their record's five and sixteen overall is like your team's a lot better than five and sixteen and I think that's absolutely true. This team is way better than their record. It's gonna add an interesting wrinkle last night's result to the matchup with Kaiser this upcoming Tuesday. I think I think Kaiser's very beatable for Berkeley Springs. You heard Kurt Brenniger say they match up better against Kaiser than they do against Hampshire, and I think that'll really help. And if you get Landon Seatrip humming and scoring and like he did. Last night, you get Jake Alba to contribute. Dakota Hamrick, I, I got to throw him out there. He had a heck of a night on the boards. He at least pulled down 12 rebounds for Berkeley Springs last night. If you get him and Gerson doing what they do in the post, and then you have Jake Sheiky giving you contribute 
give, giving and contributing as well. You've got a team that I think's got a real good shot to upset Kaiser in sectional play and maybe get Hampshire in that sectional final. So a lot to play for. A great way to really wrap up your season. They got one more regular season game tonight against Valley Wetzel. We're going to be unable to have that game tonight, but you could go into sectionals winning three straight. And I think if you're able to do that, it gives you all the momentum in the world when taking on Kaiser. Certainly, and as uh, Parker Stone mentioned, no coverage of the game tonight, but you can hear the postseason action over on Cool 92.9. One more thing we want to talk about, boys, before we take our last break of the show, get Parker's picks and check some national headlines. Uh, we have a new home in the immediate future for the Super 6, now not called that. Hopefully they don't just call it the Elite 8. Do we have uh, any ideas early the on? The Outstanding what we 8? No, absolutely <laughs> The Elite 8 might be copyrighted. It probably is, so yeah. don't sue me. Super um, 8, I don't know. The... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to hurt myself. Uh, they're relocating it from Wheeling down to Charleston. So I want to give my th- quick thoughts on this really quickly just because I think people overestimated the the depth behind the other bids put in by other locations to host this. And that kind of led a conversation yesterday. And I'll, I'll say this, you know, hand up. We're part of the problem for that because when we heard about the joint proposal from West Virginia and Huntington, we, along with everybody else, said, yeah, that seems like a pretty good idea. And what we now have come to find out that that – proposal, a little peek behind the curtain, you know, was propagated by uh, a Montegalia County Commissioner, Tom Bloom, who is a incredibly ambitious and uh, good idea, man, but there just wasn't enough behind that bid. You know, they weren't sure if they were going to have enough volunteers, etc. That bid is probably three years away from where it needs to be. The next time this becomes available, if that's something that Marshall and WVU are serious about, then they can have more time to put the bid together because, as they can now see, it was incredibly popular in the court of public opinion. I just think they were ahead of themselves. So it comes down to this. There are three, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, stadiums in the state that fit the criteria of what the SSAC is looking for that does not have conflicts with the Division I program. Because another thing to keep in mind was West Virginia University and Marshall would be tentative to give up their space for two whole days if they were prepping for a bowl game. I think that's a fair concern. So removing those two from the equation just for now, Wheeling Island Stadium, what was formerly known as Laidley Field, and Bluefield. Wheeling Island obviously has been the home for the last 30 years. Charleston's getting it now. Bluefield, as we learned from their proposal, had propagated potentially playing the Friday championship game or games now because we're probably going to have to have two on Friday now at a different location than Bluefield's actual state. What did they want to play at Princeton? That was the offer that came out, I think, the last cycle. I'm not sure if that was still uh, involved in the one uh, that was the 2024 proposal. And I understand people will say, well, the Northern Panhandle is not easy for teams like Princeton that played in it last year, but it's not an incredibly easy place to get to, as opposed to Wheeling that, you know, is basically right between Pittsburgh and Columbus, and it's, you know, it's a major major, highway. Exactly, and it's it's got plenty of hotels, and then Charleston, which, you know, is somewhat in the middle of the state and has significant uh, ecosystem around it. And I'll say one more thing. I apologize. I'm talking too long here. People raise significant concerns about it being back at Laidley Field. However, what we heard yesterday from Charleston and their uh, their conglomerate to put this bid together, and what we're probably going to hear from the SSAC at 11.06 on Metro Talk Line was, this was an impressive bid. You think about the concerns that people have about playing at Laidley. The playing surface needs to be power washed, needs to be repainted, bleachers need to be fixed, there needs to be appropriate amount of space for the media, there needs to be enough parking. I would assume that if this bid was as attractive as they make it out to be, that all of these things and concerns were answered in that bid. So while I would have preferred it to stay in Wheeling, it's not unreasonable, and I feel as though Charleston deserves a year 
because everybody knows how embarrassing it was and why it had to leave lately when it did. They have an opportunity to have one year to get it right and and prove that this is where it deserves to be. Your thoughts? I don't disagree. Uh, my, my thought process, and I tweeted this out yesterday, was I'm not passing judgment on this yet because I have a lot of questions, but I've also seen what Charleston has the ability to do when it comes to pulling off state championships in that city before. I played in the West Virginia State Basketball Tournament. I've covered the West Virginia State Basketball Tournament. I've covered the West Virginia State Baseball Tournament. Those are both really well-run events if you can pull off the whatever the equivalent of the Super 6 is going to be moving forward at the same level as those events, then I think it's going to be great. But my biggest question is, one, do you have the manpower to do that? Because you need more volunteers, you need more people involved for the state football championships than you probably do for the state basketball championships. And a place like Laidley Field, you also don't have the event staff that you do at a place like the Charleston Coliseum. So do you have the manpower to pull this off? That is one question. My biggest question, and you've already brought it up, is do you have a plan to rehabilitate Laidley Field or University of Charleston Stadium, as it's known now? Do you have the ability to rehabilitate that space? And I'm not talking about just fixing up the playing surface. There are whole chunks of bleachers that are missing. There are broken steps. The parking situation is a nightmare. You ask anyone in the media that has covered the state track meet, at University of Charleston Stadium, you ask anyone involved in high school track in the state of West Virginia, and they will tell you it is impossible to park at University of Charleston Stadium for the state track meet if you don't show up probably two hours before the first gun. That is not an exaggeration. Now, a couple of textures, and I want to get Parker Stone's thoughts on this because he's also been on that playing surface before. Texter says, Charleston is a dump, and the field is a dump. I hope they have police around it because that is a terribly unsafe area. That is another concern. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right, especially since, you know, these games are being let out at 10 o'clock at night. So that 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 is a concern, I understand. And by the way, I think it's also interesting because of where we're at in the Eastern Panhandle. Some of the biggest experts on the Super Six are here in Martinsburg because yeah. they, they've been there more Just than anyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another texter says, Charleston is a ghost town. The mall is pretty much gone. Uh, and a huge part of the state tur and was a huge part of the state tournament. So I agree with that. Although the food court lives, shout out to Mall Chinese food. Uh, Wheel Max <laughs> every meal. Wheeling was complacent. It needed to be moved. I hope it gets the WVU Marshall bid. I think a lot of people agree that the next time around, that people would like to see that. But Parker Stone, your thoughts? Because you've been there before. Yeah, I I competed a number of times on a University of Charleston Stadium's track, and from being on that surface warming up and things yeah the obvious has been stated the upgrades are going to have to be made and I'm sure that was part of the proposal that University of Charleston and the city of Charleston put together to host the what we know as the Super Six Championships or what is going to be known as the West Virginia High School Football Championships moving forward I, see I don't know if this is more of a branding move for your capital city because now we are up to seven state championships being held in Charleston now. We have football, we have boys and girls basketball, we have baseball, we have softball, we have outdoor track and field, and I was notified on uh, Twitter yesterday, tennis, also state championships in Charleston. I I, this might, this, I don't know if this is complacent, but I, I just would like to see more representation about other areas of the state. Not everything has to be in Charleston. Like we, Wheeling was perfect for the number of years that it was there. I get different movement, and there might be some movement in it, and maybe this might be a short-term deal. It was only a three-year contract, so this is something. It's more of a prove-it deal, I think, from the SSAC to say, okay, Charleston, we're giving you a second chance. Don't mess it up. 
I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes because I would like to see more representation around the state trying to see, give a spotlight to all the different and wonderful areas all around the state, other being in Charleston. But I will say this. I mean, it's a good spot out of all the spots and the proposals that were put forth. Probably this is the one that had the most fleshing out to it because I, I engaged with uh, one of the people over on Twitter and it just it seems like in hindsight it was more of an early stage idea than really a full fleshed out idea the uh Huntington Morgantown joint proposal so it's it's going to be interesting again three year contract so it's a prove it deal for the city of Charleston and University of Charleston Stadium the obvious renovations are going to have to get done the obvious steps are going to have to be made house parking going to be figured out and it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to be handled so We'll see. I won't knock it until we get an experience with it, but it, we're just going to have to see how it goes, I guess. You can say Laidley's a dump. You can say Charleston's a dump, but we're just going to have to see it play out. I'm willing to give it a chance and to see a different city host the football state championships. One more break to take. We'll get Parker's picks. We'll check some national headlines on the other side. Stay tuned. It's Panhandle Sports Live. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Want to join the conversation? Tweet your thoughts on today's show at EP Sports Network. Welcome back, Panhandle Sports Live. Quick update on that uh, accident or the, the the traffic that we had in Pawpaw. That, uh, that incident has been cleared, so it's smooth sailing out in the greater Pawpaw area. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when Panhandle Live comes around at the top of the hour. But it is the final segment of Panhandle Sports Live for the week, the final segment of Parker's Picks for the week. Let's turn things over to Mr. Smosh Podge himself. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 luck. Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Proving it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, so we had a pick go void yesterday. Donovan Mitchell did not play for Cleveland last night, so the assists went void. But we did hit both our under picks on points. Jason Tatum was under on points. 25, he scored. We picked the under 27.5. Boston beat Chicago 129-112. And then Nikola Jokic scored 21 for the Denver Nuggets. They ended up beating the Wizards last night by 20, 130 to 110, the final in that one. I'll hit some basketball picks for today. I'm going to go with today's lock. I got the Cavs beating the 76ers tonight. It just seems like Cleveland's playing really good basketball without Joel Embiid. I think this really opens things up for your Evan Mobley's, your Jared Allen's, and can really give Cleveland an edge in this contest. It's on the road for the Cavs, so it makes it a little bit tough, but I'm going to take Cleveland getting the win on the road. Today is our lock. I'm going to go as well. I'm going to take Jonathan Kuminga over 16.5 total points for the Warriors tonight against the Hornets. I don't think Stephen Curry is going to score a ton in this matchup. Again, Hornets kind of one of those cellar-dweller teams in the NBA. Why not give the basket to a guy who is trying to really – make a statement and prove his value in the NBA right now. Jonathan Kuminga, he's a former first-round pick, is really starting to get a little bit more burn for this Warriors team. Let's see him score a little bit. Let's get him 17 or more points tonight. I'm taking the over 16.5. And, and I'll go Scotty Barnes over 20.5 points tonight for the Raptors against the Atlanta Hawks. They're going to need Barnes to be that centerpiece. You traded away Pascal Siakam. All the shedding is more or less done from that 2019 championship team no more Kawhi, no more van vliet no more pascal siakam no more serge Ibaka. this is a whole new era in toronto and scotty barnes is looking to be that focal piece that toronto is looking to build around i'll take i'll take him going over 20 and a half points tonight for the toronto raptors so Cavs with the win kuminga over on points and scotty barnes 
over on points as well is what I'm going to rock with. So we want to check some national headlines before we clear the airways for the week. Caitlin Clark's going to have to wait a while to break the NCAA scoring record. They lost again last night to Indiana. And gentlemen, I said we weren't going to talk about it, but uh, how can we not when the top story on ESPN, besides the fact that the Warriors beat the Lakers last night, are Major League Baseball players complaining about the Nike-generated and Fanatics-produced uniforms and pants that if you've not seen them, don't go looking for them because you don't want to see what has been put don't out look on that the up internet. on your work computer. Yeah, exactly. The the the, uh, the translucentness of the pants. Very little is left to the imagination. Is becoming a problem. It's, it's not okay. And it, and let's be clear that these are problematic shots from baseball players that are in you know photo stages. You know, like sitting down for photo shoots, not after diving headfirst into second base or after it's been raining or anything like that. So yeah. I don't know where we go from here, but the jerseys are already cheaply made and uh, players had been complaining about them. And then it only took us another week for us to see photos from Media Day and say, hey, that's something that I'd never wanted to see in my entire life. Hey, I could see through that guy's pants. (laughs) I could see his jersey tucked in through his pants. Yeah, it is is going to be a problem uh, uh, to which a texter says those uniforms are definitely a smoshpah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's getting some traction there we go define smosh posh please a oh, mess I, I, I think it, a mess i, I conglomerate I, as uh ted lasso said it's uh how congress defined pornography it's hard to point out but you know it when you see it or yeah. something like that so there you go uh you know that, a smosh posh when you see it. you know a smosh and you know it's an absolute travesty when you're oh looking at a photo gosh. of a major league baseball player and you go oh Wow. That's a Smosh Pause. Did not need to see that Smosh Pause, but here we are. <laughs> Tweet your takes on the new MLB uniforms at EP Sports Network. Hashtag Smosh Pause. And again, if you have no idea what we're talking about, keep it that way. Don't don't go looking. You you nobody literally and figuratively, nobody needs to see that. On a scale from one to Smosh Pause, how bad are these uniforms? <laughs> Let us know. Well, that's gonna do it for us. I hope everybody enjoys their weekend. We've got Shepherd basketball on the road against Bloomsburg tomorrow, uh, beginning at one o'clock with the women. The men will tip at three o'clock here on WEPM and WCST. And uh, more to come on Monday as we get further and further into the high school basketball postseason. For Parker Stone, Daniel Woods, I've been Luke Wiggs. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm going to change that tune. When I'm back on top, Back on top in June, I said that's life. That's life. And as funny as it may seem, some people get their kicks stomping on a dream. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.